Hi, I'm David McMillan from Performance Property Data, and this is Property Insiders. Today on the show, we have Kevin Agent, Director of the Australian Lending and Investment Centre. Kevin is uh, frequently in the top 20 brokers of Australia, is an investor himself, and we're talking about something that I believe is really important for any property investor, which is cash buffers. So Kevin, firstly, welcome to the uh, show. Thanks, David. Now, what do you do when you're not giving people advice on investment properties? Uh, look after children, and we've got a farm down Kiwirup where we've got a few horses that we adjust and breed. And you're into horses, I yeah, I do like the odd horse. Oh, yeah. that's really good, mate. Good to watch. I'm not, and, not so good to bet on. How'd you go on the weekend? Oh, we had a had a third on Friday night, and maybe a not so good on Saturday. Oh well, mate. Uh, cash buffers. Let's get into it. So, firstly, what is a ca- for people out there who you know are new to investing and are just sort of getting to understand all the elements? What is what what is a cash buffer? As, as I say to every client, right, you need cash to survive. If anything ever happens, you need cash in the bank account. If you lose your job or you've got unexpected expenses, you need to make sure you've got cash. Now, my simple view is you also need that cash to work for you. So you want the money sitting in either redraw, if it's a home loan, or preferably an offset account, if it's an investment property or a home loan. But it means if you ever need the money, it's there. And the main thing is the cash is actually reducing the cost of your debt. Okay, so um, you mentioned a couple of things there, offset and redraw. Mm-hmm. Let's just go into that a little bit, uh, in, into a little bit of detail. So what, what's a redraw facility? Okay, so if you have a home loan of $500,000 and you've got $100,000 sitting in, let's say, a savings account, you can put that money straight off the loan, which reduces your loan to $400,000. Yeah. Now that money you've put in there, which is ahead of its repayments, you can actually take that money back out and put it back in another account. But by having it in the loan, you're reducing the amount of interest you pay. So why is, it, why is that called redraw? Because you can redraw the money back out once it's in the account. Right, okay. So it's money you're just putting there. Correct. That you can redraw on at any time? At any time, yeah. So is it better to have that arrangement or an offset arrangement? Look, or my my preference is always an offset account because it's got a lot more flexibility. Okay. But the odd client who has money in, in an offset account, which is similar to a savings account, sometimes they're not good with money. So maybe they're better to put in the redraw account so they don't really see it, whereas if it's in the offset account, they can see it and take it out at any time. Because in the redraw, it feels like it's gone. Correct. Whereas in the offset, it's sitting there. So just let's just talk about offset for a second. Yep. So what is an offset account? So an offset account quite simply is a savings account, which is linked to your home loan. So think of it this way. If you had a savings account, um, you had a hundred grand in it, yep. and let's say the bank pays you 2%, you'll get taxed on that 2%. You're better to have the offset account, which is exactly the same as a savings account, but instead of receiving interest, it reduces the interest on your home loan. So if your home loan is $500,000 and you had $100,000 in your offset account, the bank would only charge you interest on $400,000, which which means if you're paying principal and interest, you'll pay the loan back faster. If you're paying interest only, you'd pay less interest each month. Hmm. And the the banks are charging roughly 45 to 5% interest on? Anywhere between, say, 3.8% to 4.5%, depending if it's owner-occupied or investment. And you're only going to get 2% on your money if if it's in a... On a good day, on yes, a good day. which so, you'll get taxed at your marginal tax rate on. So there's an immediate benefit there yeah, if look, you've got cash. That correct. Is, yep. my, my view is if you have a home loan or investment account, you never need a savings account. You mm. should only have offset accounts. And so we've talked about what they are. In terms of why they're important, from what I'm gathering from you, it's about 
managing risk, the risk of something negative happening in your life where you need to buy yourself some time. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you see common where people need to access their cash buffers? Could be that you lose a job yep. and rather than go on hardship, you've got money there. You don't never want to use it, but it there, it's there to make you sleep at night or help you sleep at night. Yep. Could be you have unexpected expenses with an investment property or your home, so you can access that cash to do that rather than approach the bank for a small amount of funding. Uh, could be a, a holiday, mm. so you've got access to that cash. But money is the root of all evil, right? And if you haven't got it, it's worse. By having in the bank, you just feel comfortable and you sleep at night. Mm. So this is really about when you're investing to make sure that you don't worry about something really bad happening because if it does, there's money there. Correct. And it's also your intention is to build that up. You don't want to be sitting there going, okay, I've got 20 grand in my offset account and it always stays at 20. The goal is to move it from 20 to 22 to 24 to 25. So you're always building that money up. Good segue into my next question then. How much is enough? Great question. And it varies from client to client. Yeah. I've got clients that go, if I've got five grand in my offset account, I'm comfortable. I've got other clients that say, I need $100,000 in my offset account. So what's the best way to measure it? Because obviously in your situation, there's people earning different amounts of income and there's people also having different amounts of debt. Mm-hmm. So is there a relationship there that you like to peg a cash buffer to? Not really. I say to the client, what will help you sleep at night? If you've got 20 grand in the bank, can you sleep at night? If you've got 50 grand in the bank, can you sleep at night? A lot of clients will have different numbers. It depends if they're quite aggressive in terms of their risk profile or quite conservative. As a minimum, I expect most of my clients to have at least $20,000 just sitting in the account. But ideally, I'd like a bit more than that. So what about if they're carrying $2 million of debt, for instance, Kev? Uh, I'd I'd like 50 to 100 grand in my offset account, those sort of numbers. Because you want to make sure you've got enough to cover sort of three or four months worth of payments, protect you if something happens to the higher income earner as well. Yeah. And most clients at that sort of level have insurance in place as well to protect uh, the family. So getting back to what you said before, at least three or four months worth of repayments, interest-only repayments or principal and interest repayments? Depends what the arrangement is on the loan, but probably prefer principal and interest. Okay. So what would that equate to, just to help the listeners out there, as a percentage of debt? So if they're carrying a million dollars worth of debt, for instance? I'd say about... $20,000 $20,000 at least. Okay. So for every million, minimum of 20000 yep. is what you'd sort of base your, your numbers around when you're talking to your clients. Okay. That's really good. And this is not a trick question, but I think a relevant one because I, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there thinking about this. Should you invest if you don't have a cash buffer? I think you can still invest. It, it comes down to what your cash flow is like. Right. Like the key for a lot of lending is buy a good asset and also make sure the cash flows are okay. Mm. If you're in a situation where you're spending every last cent on on debt servicing and you've got no cash in the bank, mm. I wouldn't be recommending that. Mm. However, if your cash flows are strong and you've got two or three grand in the bank and you know you can generate a bit of cash over the next few years, got no issues investing. So what you're saying there is it depends on your ability to earn income and how stable that income is. Yep. And obviously it depends on... Uh, what is it? How much you spend as well? Like, yeah, how much you spend. But obviously, the major one is buying a good asset. Yeah. If it's a rubbish asset, it's always going to be a rubbish asset. Yeah. But if you buy a good asset, it's going to generate a reasonable yield and your cash flows are okay. Yeah. And you're starting to build up a bit of cash buffer, then fine, no issues with it. And the reason why you're talking about a quality asset is because quality assets typically are rented for 52 weeks of the year. Yes. So there's also that reliability on uh, income coming in from the asset. All right. So in a situation where 
someone is saving money and has an investment property and has the option of actually increasing their cash buffer or actually paying the debt off, what do you do? Do you pay the debt off or you just leave it sitting there as cash buffer? I mean, is there any benefit in paying the debt off? I've got to be careful around the advice I give here, David, <laughs> but, but my opinion would be unless the intention is to live in that property, I would always put the money in an offset account yep. to reduce the cost of that um, debt. The premise there being that money could be used for an owner-occupied place if they buy in the future or another investment. Yeah. But as soon as they reduce the debt on an investment property, they can't get that money back as investment unless they use that debt for another investment. Mm. Whereas if they go, look, longer term, I want to buy an owner-occupied property and they've reduced their investment debt, they're effectively going to borrow a lot more owner-occupied debt in the future. Mm. But again, obviously you need tax advice around this sort of stuff. And I suppose is that where does, because obviously you can have cash buffers sitting in different accounts, but preferably where would you have the cash sitting if you had a mortgage? If you had a home loan, that's what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. I would always have the offset against the home loan. Okay. Now, now some banks offer um, multiple offset accounts. Yep. Right. So you've got a few banks out there that you might say, well, if I have my home loan with this bank, I can have four or five offset accounts. So one could be um, for the rental property. One could be for the kids' school fees. One could be for day-to-day savings. But what you're then using those offsets for is basically budgeting tools. Yeah. So you can keep money separate for different purposes. Yeah. But every one of those accounts is reducing interest on on your home loan or your price. investment loan. Yeah. But your premise would be you're always looking to reduce the cost of your home loan. Yeah. which is non-tax deductible. Okay, so just a summary and step in here, Kev, if I haven't picked anything up correctly. So a cash buffer is an amount of money that sits in an offset account, preferably rather than a redraw facility. Mm-hmm. And that enables a property investor to have time to sort out any potential issues that will arise. Uh, your recommendation is that they have at least three to four months worth of repayment sitting in cash in an offset account. Yeah. You can invest if you don't have a cash buffer. Absolutely. But you're in a, a risky situation in the event that you obviously lost your job because you wouldn't be able to service your mortgage. How long before the banks come knocking? Look, banks are pretty good nowadays. The last thing they want to do is sell you up, right? Yeah. Uh, reputation risk is pretty bad. They'll give you time. For them or for the For them. Client. For them. Well, yeah, client's right. pretty bad too. But, but for the bank, it's pretty bad when they start seeing mortgage sales. So a bank will always work with a client for at least 90-odd days okay. to give them a chance to repair themselves. Yeah. But there's a point that they will say, hey, look, we've got to move to mortgage and possession if you don't address the issues. So 90 days of non-payment, that's when they'll Yeah, they'll go into hardship and things like that. Okay. But the key is you've got to talk to the bank. Don't don't put your head in the sand and pretend it's going to go away. If there's issues, always talk to the bank. Okay. Or talk to your broker as the case may be. So you can invest if you don't have a cash buffer. Mm -hmm. The banks will give you 90 days leeway, not that you ever want to use that. But don't let it stop you from investing. It's just something that once you get a little bit of debt under your belt, you want to make sure that you can sleep at night, basically. Correct. Uh, Having a cash buffer is always better than paying down debt. You should always have your offset account against your home loan. And at certain times, you may elect to pay that home loan down, but you should never pay your investment property down. Unless unless your long-term intention is to have that investment property long-term and generate income from it. And provided, and assuming you don't have any owner-occupied debt. Okay. Well, that's been really good, Kevin. Anything else that you think it's important to note around the the cash buffer discussion? Look, the only thing I would say is I'm a huge fan of insurance. Things like trauma and income and life insurance as well. So cash serves a purpose. Yeah. But if you get cancer or something like that, that's where you don't want to be using your cash. You'd rather have insurance in place to protect yourself. 
Yeah. So cash buffers is only one uh, risk management tool yeah. against losing your job or, or, or becoming ill or having increased expenses yeah. um, on an investment property or a home. It's just one tool and there are many tools that you need to implement to make sure that all your risks are minimized. Correct. It's not just about buying a property and set and forget. It's actually doing a whole bunch of strategies around cash, insurance, buying the right asset. Yep. I can't emphasize enough that buying the right asset is the major major thing you've got to address excellent thanks kev thanks for joining us thanks for the opportunity thanks for joining us on property insiders we'll be back in four weeks with another expert to share their knowledge and experience until then you can tune into performance insights every week where we'll give you the lowdown on property markets around the country also check out the website performancepropertydata.com.au to learn more about how you can access our research reports to help you maximize your investments The Performance Property Data Podcast is available through iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm David McMillan. Thanks for listening.